Hey, how goes it? Ken Bozak here to talk about Bitcoin and Bitcoin accessories. And today I'm streaming with strangers. Well, not so much a stranger. I'm streaming with my bro, bro, Mars Robertson. We've met online and we partied in Portugal at Anarcha Portugal with the decentralized dance party. How goes it, bro, bro? Hey, it's been amazing. The energy, the to see you online is a, such an such an honor, such a pleasure, and yes uh, today is a, such a beautiful day in london i'm sitting in my garden it's actually a bank holiday just before the easter so everything is smooth everything is good everything in the flow i heard it rains a lot in london but the skies look pretty clear and beautiful exactly Doc. Uh, raining is a default situation so when you have a sunny day like today it should be compulsory it should be required by law even though I'm, no, complete freedom, freedom and anarchy. But if there is a weather like this, it is just a natural state to, to be outside. Yeah, no, and I, I'm jealous of the vitamin D you're getting right now. I don't get much sunlight here in New Jersey, but um, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience a little bit. Let them know uh, who you are, maybe a little bit of your background and uh, maybe how you got into cryptocurrency and what you're doing now in the industry. Yeah, sure. So this will be a live story in 60 seconds. I'm originally from Central Europe. I got a degree in computer science. I was always working as a programmer. 2011, I moved. Uh, yeah, I mean, most of the people have job of one type or another and knowing how to write code is actually a useful thing these days. I actually started from online marketing, Google AdWords and Facebook ads. Oh, shit. Very often I was promoting stuff that's completely worthless, pointless with no morals and no ethics. And I realized that building stuff is actually more rewarding and I'm acting Respect. more aligned with my, uh, with my core values. And uh, recently, 2017, uh, I started working with Ethereum, blockchain, Solidity, uh, it was a wild, it was a crazy ride. This this energy in the space 2017 was truly incredible. 2018 was a was a bear market. I wish yeah. I was follow, you know, trend is your friend. Not hodl, 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 but if there is a recession and the bear market, take some profits at the top. And uh, I wish I was better at trading and managing my money. So made some money lost pretty much everything and now uh, i am you know beginning of yet another cycle uh, having skills uh, as a programmer i am actually started recently a new proper corporate job which is only temporary it is just the time to get some uh, breath get some break and after two years of total craziness having a boring stable corporate job is uh, amazing it is I feel so happy and I'm so grateful and actually I am okay with that. I am very proud of my new place and my, the best is my job title, innovation engineer. And during the interview, I was telling them about all my crazy crypto projects. So it is a good place to be. And you're an innovation engineer. Holy shit, man. I think you're a, you're a pioneer. Is that not a first of its kind? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. It, I've just started. I'm still getting established in this new environment. 
uh, in principle, every large company, they are, it's like this uh, paradox. If you are innovating too much, you are cannibalizing your existing product. So it's a constant battle between using existing uh, business models that are working versus investing in R&D and some experiments on the side. So I am on this uh, pioneer innovation experiments. Mm. Uh, we do not have many constraints. Uh, you know, everyone in the company receives a classic Windows corporate uh, laptop, Windows, Lenovo. But our team, we are all operating on MacBooks and we are just a very independent environment. So this is my life story in the two minutes. And why don't you introduce yourself for people who don't know you from your other uh, videos? Yeah, uh, me. I'm um, I'm a big Bitcoin enthusiast. Uh, I think Bitcoin's more than just a uh, currency, or blockchain's more than just a technology. You know, it's it, it's sort of like a lifestyle in, in a sense where you can opt out of the mainstream, monopolized corporate you know world of fiat and live in a more peer-to-peer -peer communal sense of a decentralized censorship resist like like all the buzzwords really did appeal to me in that sense like you know everything that you know is the ico catchphrases you know pitches of like you know being uh you know a public ledger that's decentralized that's immutable i was like that is just amazing it's amazing uh, so I'm I'm actually all in. I've been living all in, 100% on crypto for over a year and a half now. Um, I only accept crypto as payment for what I do when I work, and I only try my best to spend crypto when I can, or I interact with exchanges like BitRefill, and I get Uber Eats, you know, gift cards and stuff like that, or the Monarch Wallet, and I can sell some Bitcoin if I need to pay my rent in cash, but I hold all of my money, 100% of my savings, my net worth in Bitcoin. And I have like one Litecoin, one Dash, one this, one that, just to have one wow. of them. But I, I hold everything in Bitcoin. And I'm just a true believer of, of it as a disruptive technology meets currency. I think the whole like Andreas Antonopoulos' uh, internet of money spiel is like totally like the... The uh, like the the revelations of, of of currency of this if it was a religion it's insane you know it's a movement this is this is why I went to Portugal and hung out with you you know and and had the uh, decentralized dance party and everything it was this is like a renaissance you know and I'm just enjoying the ride it's not a war everybody thinks we're at war this is a renaissance we should celebrate we should we, we should embrace the evolution and just have a party and a good time you know along the ride. Uh, what you say is inspiring. This is like, wow, a reason, a purpose, a, a mission, a, a commitment. Uh, the, the, the way how I see uh, Bitcoin is Internet is a revolutionary technology. The Internet changes everything. And the Bitcoin is called the, the Internet of Money. The, yep. the book by Andreas is called Internet of Money. And the, the internet changes so many, it's just like all the humans on the planet instantly connected, instantly, boom. And it was uh, around 30 years from the, you know, the CERN, the 
Tim Berners-Lee, the first uh, internet to now, and uh, that was the 30 years. And now we have the singularity and exponential technologies, Facebook and iPhone, it was web 2.0, social media, how we interact as, as humans, how our relationships are shaping. And then we connect now, all of that. And now we have a Bitcoin, which is an invention comparable to telephone, electricity, or the internet. And now we, I, I know I, I'm preaching to the choir, but I, 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 I think I understand. compare Bitcoin and blockchain more to the printing press than the internet itself. And you know, what's funny. You're a developer. Maybe you would appreciate this analogy. You know, sometimes people ask me about Bitcoin and they're kind of, you know, nerdy developer type people. So I have a different way of explaining it to different people, you know, know your audience, so to speak. And I, I say, you know, kind of like imagine if there was only a limited number of HTML5 code that could ever be written ever. <laughs> and that HTML5 code is what you use to build projects on the Internet. Well, if that code is is finite in resource, people would accumulate that code to do things with or speculate with the ability to do it on the internet. Well, now I can use fractions of HTML5 code to buy eggs, bread, and milk. And like some of the developers kind of get the concept of like programmable money being fractional in in amount of a you know um, a, a, a deflationary currency format where it's. You know, and the whole concept of being able to have something, send it and not have a way to copy it, like um, piracy. You can't really do Bitcoin piracy. I can't file share my Bitcoin. Uh-huh. Uh, well, you mentioned now the, this digital scarcity and the pure uh, supply and demand. The, the supply is, is limited. On the other hand, the supply of the government printing money is there's no upper limit. So just the pure supply and demand tells very clearly what will be the value of the Bitcoin. And now there is the question, is Bitcoin here to stay? And I have a theory that sooner humanity will go into extinction and there will be some Bitcoin nodes, some of the grid uh, solar powered with the blockstream satellites. Like th this is my bet. We will know in 10 million years who will survive, humanity or Bitcoin. And my bets are on on Bitcoin. Uh, so we've seen already a few cycles. This a few you know logarithmic scales. Uh, we we can probably agree that Bitcoin is here to stay, and uh, sooner or later it will reach a few orders of magnitude higher than uh, currently. And uh, what I what I enjoy is that uh, it is just you know you got me excited the way how you expressed uh, your mission what you do what is your uh, purpose uh, I think that uh, promoting uh, cryptocurrencies decentralization a trustless society that now rather say there is the say Ministry of Finance and uh, us citizens we have very little insight where is this money going maybe they have some oversights and audit once a year there's some a session in the parliament but for regular citizens we have absolutely zero knowledge where is this money going where is this money coming from yep. who gets 
which department uh, has deeper pockets and which lobbyist shouts uh, more louder. If we had the full blockchain transparency, we could audit the government. We could see that actually this money sell, comes from selling arms to, to Syrian or Saudi yep. Arabia. And why would I... Well, that's why they don't want the embracement of this, right? It, it, it throws a big wrench in their machine that they have built. It's, it's kind of, and that's like Bitcoin's biggest flaw, right? It's, it is disruptive to the point that it has every enemy. It doesn't have just pharmaceutical. It doesn't just have currency. It doesn't just have security. It has every enemy that you can name because it is disrupting everybody's business model because it's no longer a, a, a business model of how much can a company take from you. It'll be an opt-in business model of how much can a company give back to you so they can accumulate more optional customers because they can't force people to use their shitcoin. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm actually thinking that uh, there are some pilot programs. There was some uh, Caribbean uh, state. I don't remember the name. The first nation state to issue their government crypto there are other pilots like this. Venezuela? I'm a of, uh, yeah, I think it's called the, Petro. <laughs> yeah, I can just let's do a quick Google search. Like, why not? Yeah, I'm I, think it, I think Venezuela created the Petro coin. Um, that was, I think, the first government like issued currency that was in that way. Okay, but yeah. They did a really shady ICO, I believe, from what I heard. I, I never really paid much mind to it, but. I don't think anybody in Venezuela currently uses it or owns any of it or anything. I think they're mostly actually using Dash. So uh, shout out to the Dash crew. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, well, I will definitely do more research on that. The point is if the governments are uh, implementing crypto, and also if governments are legalizing uh, cannabis uh, across the globe, uh, I mentioned cannabis because your audience is uh, cannabis friendly and I know your involvement in the space. Mm, I, am, I am in Europe, like I am in Europe so I can provide you some insight about Europe. In Europe, there is a Portugal which introduced a revolutionary drug policy laws in the 90s and they've they just observed a massive improvement across the <laughs> across the scale. So uh, the, the Portugal was was the first one. And then we have the Czech Republic, which also delegalized. Then we have Netherlands and world famous Amsterdam. And and sometimes they just change the law slightly so that you cannot buy it unless you are a resident. But it's, it's you can still buy cannabis everywhere. Then there are uh, some special districts, say in, in, in Copenhagen, there is the district Christiana, which is like a hippie district. Again, cannabis is legal. In, in Barcelona, you have cannabis social clubs. Cannabis is legal. In the United Kingdom, there are a few, uh, like a few boroughs, a few states where the chief constabulary of the police says, you know, we are not chasing uh, minor drug offenses. So this is this, if you, if you have a Portugal, Czech Republic, uh, Netherlands, uh, Catalonia and Barcelona, and you have UK and you have, now out of, the, out of, 
out of the sudden, people who are living under the rock say, you know, actually, I, I, I had the cannabis as a, you know, child, student, as a young person, or I know someone who uses cannabis and they are normal people. So now you, you have this uh, solid foundation and now talking about cannabis is okay. Uh, also, there is so much scientific research, pretty much every illegal compound, whether it is uh, LSD, MDMA, psilocybin, ketamine, DMT, has been widely researched by the array of uh, academics because these are uh, controlled substances. There is a lot of uh, red tape. Well, because cannabis is a schedule one narcotic, there's so much more red tape because they literally say it has absolutely no medical benefits. So it's it's so much harder. Uh, you know, it's... It is, I would say, this is disgraceful. It is. That, that uh, it is disgraceful. At the same time, I just want to play a role of a devil's advocate that drugs can have negative consequences too. So I can was McDonald's. <laughs> totally, absolutely. I, I totally agree. And uh, if we had the choice, freedom, and education, if we had a reliable source of information and a reliable supply that is a quality, not adulterated, I was recently, this is uh, from the book American Kingpin about Ross Albrecht, Dread Pirate Roberts, Silk Road. Uh, I, w I went through the rabbit hole because unfortunately this guy left a lot of traces on the internet. You know, he ran Silk Road for a few years and he left loads of evidence behind him. So the FBI, CIA, NSA, everyone, DEA, you? Interpol. <laughs> Uh, everyone was able to um, find this evidence, and I actually saw some of this evidence. I also read the original court documents, original court judgments, original verdicts of the judge. And, you know, he was, he, he, he was an amazing guy, and I just was showing full support to Ross Albrecht. Uh, I'm really want I got to my show poster the right there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Somebody's having a good day. They're out there cruising. Oh yes, 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 yes. Exactly. Sorry about the noise. No, it's 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 live. It's real. Uh, yeah, I am. I am a. I am a real person, and I've just mentioned that the drug laws are changing in Europe. They are changing in the U.S. They are changing in Canada. Well, they what does that mean, though? Europe. Right? Because that's again, that's disruptive, right? That disrupts a lot of laws that are put in place and things that exist around those laws and. Then it creates new laws and new things that are created. So now there's going to be regulations and taxes and probably five different type of middlemen just from the point of the weed being grown to the cannabis being consumed. I This will be uh, many, I would say, parallel industries. The whole uh, paraphernalia, you know, the pipes, the you know the rolling papers and the special type of music and the special type of food and the special type of headphones you could have a brand who is catering only for cannabis users and you will target 20 percent of a total addressable population <laughs> and 
and it it will grow and uh, yes i i am I want to also emphasize that there are some negative effects of drugs. There are people, I, I am the example, I want to like uh, tell that I am guilty that at some point I, my social relationships were not, uh, were not perfect, that I was so, so much in my head. I was a complete narcissist. I was, uh, I, I thought that my point of view is, is the best. I thought that you know, I'm hanging out with cool people. I'm going to fancy conferences. I'm listening to a valuable podcast. And I thought that my body of knowledge and my my status, that I am like the, the most knowledgeable guy in the room. And I'm actually realizing that I was a little bit delusional, that uh, I have a much more, you know, understanding about myself and about the nature of the reality the nature of the universe the nature of the government the government uh, i i think it's it's a magical that we actually that the comp that the say us has 300,000 employees in their system so to run the 300 sorry 300 million 350 million or whatever amount to run an operation at such a scale what is the largest uh, corporation maybe it's a china railway 4 million employees or I don't know, Google has 100,000. Like to manage a complexity of such a scale is, is, is incredible. And I was to Anarcopulco twice. I was to Anarco Portugal. I'm 100% uh, freedom, liberty, make decisions for yourself. At the same time, I am just fascinating that at some level, people gather into communities, they gather into tribes, they have some elders that I believe that at, at some fundamental level, uh, from this initial uh, chaos, anarchy, and like a complete decentralization, at some point people will think, you know, I am a very reputable guy. I've been to so many uh, projects. Like you can see my contributions on GitHub. Like see, I've published 5,000 lines of code across 10 different projects. I've Submitted 23 issues. I participate in the Slack channel. My, okay, I have a. Okay, quit bragging. You're making me feel like an underachiever already. Uh, well, I wasn't talking about me. I'm just a no one. I'm actually starting with, with this new name. This is my new online identity, uh, Mars Robertson. Well, uh, nice to meet you, Mars Robertson. Nice to meet you, sir. <laughs> well, it, it sounds like you're talking about what would be the difference between hubris and ego right and you know sometimes if you feed your uh, your ego a little bit you can become narcissistic and it's toxic but you know sometimes having a having strong uh, hubris and self-confidence is a good thing in its own too but you brought up something too at the end there that i wanted you to maybe touch on where what, what would you say the difference between governance and governments are um, I'm sorry, there was a little uh, connectivity issue. Can you please uh, say that again? I was wondering if you could explain the difference between governance and government. Mm. Wow. I, at some, at some level, I, I think that people want to protect their private property. I'm, I'm maybe I'm not answering your question directly, but I brought the subject of, I am actually fascinated that the government is able to manage 400 million people. Right. I'm just 
this is just incredible complexity. So uh, difference between the government and the governance. Um, I would like to protect my private property. I would like to pro protect my uh, my family. I would like to have my own sovereignty. And at some level, I just don't want to invest into my guns. I don't want to invest into uh, more more fierce security system and automated infrared, ultraviolet, you know, alarms. Uh, I I would say that at some level, uh, I, I would like to have uh, some protection. And uh, the, the the role of, of the government is actually to protect the weak. That very often I see that they are trying to protect the the weakest uh, people in the society because those who are smart they will make money they will run their own businesses they will they will be very well off even without the government so very often what i see that the government provides the minimal sustenance for homeless for people with sicknesses for elderly so in that way i can understand the role of the government and the governance is say i have a, say we have the company there is a 10 guys working with us and of course we can say that everyone is, is equal but sometimes it's good to have a leader someone who is the ceo signing the deals telling this the strategy motivating people uh, know the the leader and uh, i'm i don't have all the answers in fact i have all the all the questions <laughs> Same. I, I i love the anarcho-pulco anarcho-portugal this is exactly my crowd at the, at the same time, I prefer the world, the word voluntarism, where everything is voluntary, yes. freedom, liberty, rather than anarchy, because I still see anarchy as a bit chaotic, are organized and unsure who is in charge. And if we are and if we don't have a one leader, how do we manage this in the, the centralized uh, DAO way? I've always thought that anarchy in its own nature to be sustainable requires people to be voluntarist. Otherwise, it does not become sustainable. Eventually, it ends. It just ends, right? There is, there is nothing at the end of anarchy. But if people choose, choose optionally to help their neighbors and neighbors that help them in return and become more communal in contributions then anarchy works out and to be in a voluntarist society i think it also again requires a little bit of anarchy to make sure it doesn't fall into a government format so it's like an ever-changing consensus where the percentage uh isn't always 51 percent or 80 percent it's always weighing it's always changing it's it's a live uh it's a live consensus it's and it had, it's something that hasn't existed yet because there was no technology that would, you know, support that concept of, of a self-governing society. But we have it now and it's only a matter of time until we implement it or inevitably we end up in a Mad Max world. But I think, you know, going towards the Mad Max concept, I did want to talk a little bit about the ICOs and some of the topics here. So. Um, you know, I think I'll kick it off, you know, with uh, talking about maybe the first ICO that ever got our attention or uh, we ever invested in or anything like that. And I think for me, my first ICO that uh, besides Ethereum, besides Ethereum, the first ICO I think I really paid attention to and caught my attention was uh, Game Credits 
ICO for uh, mobile go token and the only reason it really caught my attention check this out Mars they did an ICO on Ethereum blockchain and they had tokens issued on the Waves blockchain. So if you had the tokens moving from Ethereum to Waves, they would just put some on ICE, right? In an escrow. So the, the supply was always one number, but say 21 million tokens on Ethereum, 21 million tokens on Waves. But depending on how many were in circulating supply from the other, there would only be 21 million altogether and there you know it always bounced. I was like that was pretty interesting that they did this you know uh, ICOs are pretty interesting on their own and then they did this ICO where they used two separate blockchains and uh, had this concept of uh, you know if you move you know from here to waves or waves to there it you know takes some at, puts it basically on ice and uh, out of the supply I was just really into it, but you know, I don't think they did anything. I don't think any ICO did, but yeah, nothing ever came of the ICO I, I invested in. There was supposed to be a game store and blockchain apps and nothing. So, what was your first ICO? What What do you think about uh, the ICO markets? Uh, wow, that is, you know, how much time do we have? <laughs> okay, um, I've. Uh, my first ICO was uh, was a mistake, I, <laughs> and the second one yeah. was a mistake. And uh, I was actually for the for the some time I was participating in the various ICO bounty campaigns. I was shilling random projects on my social media, and then I was reporting, you know, like a spreadsheet. Here is the tweet. Here is the link to that. I received some of the random crypto tokens. And it was super easy money just participating in these bounties. Uh, unfortunately, I, I've, missed, I've missed the boat of, uh, of launching my own. I've also uh, hold it, uh, you know, when, when, when I should hold it until it reaches, reaches the moon, I, I sold too early. And then when I was uh, holding for so long, uh, I, it went down to zero. So if I was a terrible at managing money, I was terrible at investing. I was terrible at pretty much everything. I've made every single mistake in the book three times. And that is why I am actually going back to work. Like I am, I told you about my new job, innovation engineer. I'm very proud of it. And I'm actually still, uh, I'm still working on the solidity, Ethereum, blockchain, smart contracts. One very notable and reputable IC of the time actually supporting and this is this is not a shameless plug this is something i'm very proud of i'm i'm working helping testing is called uh, cleros the centralized justice there are there is a, a pilot justice. project i like it yeah the centralized dispute resolution because hey you make trades uh, on online you you like an ebay or alibaba like you know why would you use a employees of eBay to, to, to cover basic disputes. What was the quality of the product? And if you are like a Elance or freelancer.com, Upwork, you know, there are constant disputes in between parties. So, you know, if you have some time, you can make some extra profit being an arbitrator and uh, handle these, uh, these disputes. So this is a very reputable team, but en enough of the shit, I'm just doing some work with them. And uh, potentially one of my most successful ICO bounty campaigns was the token Pundi, Pundi X. 
Pundi and, X is awesome. Yeah, that was probably my biggest uh, homeway run that just by posting on Twitter and Bitcoin talk forum, uh, I've received, uh, you know, a substantial number of, of tokens. And I regret that, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, strike while the iron is hot, pedal to the metal, right? I did it as a, my single account. So then I started farming my second account. And now as, as I think about it, I should actually have the, like a whole social media ghost army to, <laughs> to maximize the profits. So you found a way to earn shit coins rather than buy them with your Bitcoin. Yes, uh, that was it. There were plenty of bounty campaigns. Sometimes you see this uh, pie chart. This is this is the founders. This is the team. This is the advisors. This is the phase one, phase two. And usually there was like a two two percent uh, pool for all the marketing shilling contributors. Uh, so I would say that I was receiving maybe one one thousandth of this two percent. So if you if you do the numbers, it was usually five hundred dollars each, and uh, some so some of these ICOs were were complete uh, crap. So, so sometimes some, it was like <laughs> pretty much like, all of them. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, and also and also the the payments were crap. I would say that uh, out of ten, out of ten, two were complete uh, scams, and they did not complete, and two Damn. went out of business immediately. Uh, maybe five uh, paid, maybe ten, twenty dollars, some very small amount. Uh, two were actually, you know, good, uh, two hundred, three hundred, and one was just like a PundiX, loads of tokens and uh, loads of value. So for me, it was a game of numbers, and I let, let, I will quickly check if my domain is uh, still alive. I had a domain called. Uh, ICOFOMO.com. Yeah. I was trying to search a good domain like ICU, ICO News, ICO Reviews, ICO Insider, but I thought that, that ICOFOMO is the best name. It's too ahead of the curve. It's the best name for five years from now. <laughs> it's too early of a terminology for the average person to even Google FOMO, but, but it will be ambiquitous to uh you know um like the the word swag is ambiquitous to apparel <laughs> like yo this is swag right it's apparel uh it's an accessory or whatever like you know fomo will be ambiquitous to uh bitcoin because of all i believe you know the inevitable bull runs and around the cup and handles the uh the bitcoin mining and the havenings and the difficulty adjustments all these you know it kind of has a a, a a natural FOMO creating uh, event built into the blockchain, you know? So yeah, uh, you're, you're just ahead of the curve by five years, my friend. But I it, know. Does, it does huh? segue us to the next topic where I wanted to talk about hodling. And it sounds like you hodled all your shit coins instead of, um, instead of selling them. So what is your thoughts? What are your thoughts on hodling now? Uh, trend is your friend. Trend is your friend. Uh, have the stop loss, uh, take profits. Uh, know that the markets are cyclical. Know that people very often operate on the emotions. 
and know that to go with your money 10x, 10x is actually a very good return of investment. You don't have to reach uh, uh, 100x each time. Just take some profits, have the stop loss. Uh, I mean, so many lessons. Like, I'm sorry, I just cannot explain um, all these emotional states and all these lessons because I've made every mistake a couple of times. And now I am a little bit uh, wiser. Chances are I will still repeat some of these mistakes, but at least at least I've learned something. At least I've learned something. And with the next cycle, I will be much better prepared. I will have a much better headspace. I will have a much better um, money management habits. And you know, as, a second ago, you mentioned uh, Bitcoin and the FOMO and the cycles and the halvings. Uh, I have a theory that the, the, the smartest people on the planet are there working in artificial intelligence, machine learning, self-driving cars, SpaceX, and I thought all the smartest people in the world were working on boner pills and hair loss treatment. Longevity, maybe medical sciences. Yeah, it's it is possible, uh, but. Uh, People who work in the cryptocurrency space, they are also in this uh, category. But like to be a Bitcoin core developer and to understand this uh, code base, it it is a very sophisticated project. Like doesn't, the, the that, of doesn't that create a little bit of uh, censorship? Just a little bit, right? That like Bitcoin is censored by its uh, border to entry of high intellectual understanding. In order to truly be uh, your own bank, you would have to know how to code Bitcoin Core code and not depend on anybody else but yourself to do your own research and build your own you know, wallet. So it's like, I feel like Bitcoin is so overpowered that it's contradictory to its own nature. It's, it's almost, Bitcoin's almost hypocritical to itself. Uh, I think that this is a systematic problem uh, that uh, there are multiple ways people in the industry try to address it. There is the Jimmy Song programming blockchain course. Perfect. Jack Dorsey from Twitter is uh, wants to fund some full-time Bitcoin developers uh, paid in Bitcoin. So I, there are many ways to get into development. It, and um, but you know this is the nature of the reality if this is an it project that was in production for 10 years with a lot of c plus plus code and some optimization this is by nature it is difficult uh, back in the day i tried to compile a chrome browser the, the chromium from source and it took me quite a lot of effort to uh, fetch all the dependencies install all the software all all the things and at some point, I'm realizing, okay, I'm not this hardcore, low-level uh, guy. I can I can build on top of that. I can build on top of a Bitcoin protocol, and I can build on top of the Chromium uh, browser engine. And I just have a trust that there are people who are more qualified than me. And I also have the belief that financial incentives are organized in a way that actually someone is reviewing this code someone is testing their release candidate versions in on the mainnet on the testnet so you're describing I, I, voluntarism yeah and you know this is an amazing satisfaction 
uh, to work on this type of project like what is the economy of the open source like or economy of wikipedia people are driven by finances up to a certain amount and after the after you have a certain quality of life the extra 10% pay rise is not making you any happier yeah. that at this hierarchy of needs people seek self-fulfillment and for someone uh, making sure wikipedia is up to date and provides accurate information is a very rewarding experience and also to uh, test drive and uh, work on the open source code it is also a very rewarding and noble experience no you're right it is i mean um a lot of people are you know asking me like oh how do you you know go all in on bitcoin how do you do it and it's like it it sucks it's not easy it, it's it's been a bear market obviously you know and um I'm not a super big fan of stable coins. Even the concept of a stable coin, I just don't believe in that concept. So I just, I just believe in Bitcoin, and um, you know, it it makes it easier to, you know, weather a bear market when you're, you know, maybe you know losing a fight financially, but it's you're 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 starving out the fiat enemy. You know what I mean? And it, it just feels good to be a part of this community to know that like this is a major role you know contributing in any way you know like bitcoin's all in consuming you could be a developer like yourself or a content creator like mine and you just get in where you fit in and can just contribute to the renaissance but i wanted to ask you know you were a developer you were talking about working with you know the chrome and stuff like that and what was it like to learn how to code Solidity after being like what I would say a legacy developer? Okay, back in a day, 2017, there were not that many resources available and every single developer who knew anything was working three jobs and 17 hours days. And now yeah. there's uh, so much, the barrier of entry is uh, easier because there is way more resources it is easier to get started uh, but you know I, I wish I had a mentor or someone who was hand holding me because the amount of uh, like why is it not working some obsolete error messages and it was like a um, you know the solidity was updating the traffic was updating it was it took me a couple of months to get so and so proficiency but once I understood uh, like a full life cycle, okay, so here I can write the code, here I do some magic, here I do some other magic, here I do some yet another magic. And the moment I was able to do the full circle, I had all the building blocks and then I was able to uh, fully understand what's going on. So that was a empowering experience. It was like a reminder that, hey, we have neuroplasticity. We, us as a humans, we can learn new skills. Is it a dance? Is it a Chinese? Is it some lessons, guitar lessons? A human brain has an amazing potential and uh, learning a new programming languages. Absolutely, yes. I felt very proud and uh, yeah, right now I'm uh, still, still, still using these uh, skills I have. At, at risk of forcing you to brag, how many different languages do you know, uh, code and linguistic? And not many, absolutely not many. One 
one mother tongue from Central Europe, where I'm coming from, uh, JavaScript, because this is the language of the web. And that's the, 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 the ones that are fluent and proficient. And I'm, uh, I'm not that smart. I'm, um, I'm just sometimes the right place, right time. This Same. state, peak energy. And sometimes, you know, showing up is 80% of success. Yeah, it's it's actually a hundred percent of the hardest part of the day is getting out of bed and just putting in that effort, you know, and you know, just being in the being able to be in that right place, you know, to get out and about and do that. And yeah, man, you're right. And uh, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit more about that, you know, uh, solidity, smart contracts, and I know you wanted to talk about the Ethereum name services, which is funny because the first thing when I first heard about Ethereum. And smart contracts, the DAO was actually still alive back then. The DAO, the DAO. Um, Ethereum hasn't forked into Ethereum Classic yet. Everybody was talking about smart contracts. And the only one I gave a shit about was the Ethereum name service. It was like, dude, this is so much easier than sending somebody a public address. You can send Ethereum to KenBozak.eth done it's like a freaking email that's the kind of use ease of use that we need to make this mainstream kind of appealing you know it's like those public addresses do not appeal to the mainstream but ethereum name service kind of uh relation to your finances totally familiar totally appealing so uh what was it that you wanted to talk about it with the ethereum name service because i know that they got a lot going on over there Yes, they are going to introduce the permanent registrar that previously there were only seven characters or more available to be registered and soon in May there will be last year of the of this temporary registrar and then they will introduce um, an annual rent. So there are some changes to the Ethereum name service. What the hell does that mean in layman terms? That was a lot oh. of big words. Oh, well, yeah, sure. Uh, mind your audience. Okay, currently you can register only names that have seven characters or more. And this is to prevent uh, squatting. It is to prevent some guys who registered plenty of names. And um, with the now there will be final year of the of the current rules, and there will be the migration to a to a new system. And I think that this is this is important message. I I didn't know about it. You know, everyone. You know, some people sit under the rock, but my my sitting under the rock is different than your sitting under the rock. Our rocks are different. Yes. So that's why it's good to chat and share these different uh, developments you know what i think is really cool about the ethereum name service is that if you do want to squat there's actually a bidding process right so you create the innate the ethereum name and then it goes up for public auction and you have to outbid people for it so it's kind of gamified it's a little bit pay to play but it also evens the playing field because why would you want to spend a hundred ethereum on um ken.eth right k-e-n-n.eth if i'm not willing to outbid you at auction 
why would I be willing to later pay you more than you bought it for at auction? So it disincentivizes the whole squatting process. I just, I really thought the Ethereum name service auction process was really interesting as well. Uh, I'm not sure how it will be solved in this new version. Uh, previously, you did not publicly advertise that you are replacing a bid on the domain that there was uh, some encryption and uh, hashes and uh, salt that when you were uh, when i was registering my ens eth domain i did it wasn't publicly advertised that there was a trace on the blockchain but it was uh, encrypted with my uh, with my salt and after three days after my initial secret bid there was the re reveal pay period so i that if you if you know the domain you could check if this is if the auction is ongoing but you know i'm not an expert i don't want to provide the misleading information uh, the point is there are some changes if you are in the crypto ethereum blockchain space it is now a good time to get familiar with what are the consequences and what are these little little gotchas quirks intricacies so what are you doing with marsrobertson.com uh, this is my new brand a new identity uh, like right now we, we talked about uh, cannabis right we talked about the cannabis and the government i can surely envision that when crossing the borders it is happening now. I'm pretty sure that someone will is, is checking my name and I don't want my passport name, my legal name to be associated with uh, such and such thoughts because you never know. There are different countries with different jurisdictions with very different drug policy laws. And just me explaining, hey, choice, freedom, education, science, data, you know, in some countries, saying that I am pro-choice and pro-science could be a death penalty. So no, you're not far off. You know, this is actually happening in Canada and the United States of America. If you are a Canadian citizen and you publicly own stock in cannabis companies and you're an <laughs> investor, the U.S. will deny you entry or well, they could <laughs> and normally do, which is insane. It's insane. Why are you? Wh I'm not allowed to go from Canada to the United States of America because I'm the owner of a dispensary. <laughs> so that now you understand why I am much more cautious about my online identity, much more cautious about the way how I present myself in the cyberspace. That's why I've shut down my other Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, one, but the main reason was I wanted to reclaim my thoughts. I, I saw how much time I spent on the phone scrolling left or right, up and yeah. down. It was consuming my energy and it was also giving me this false sense of proximity that people I love, they are in my life, close to me. I'm with them. We spend physical proximity, physical time. And the, the online space, it was the hijacking my neurotransmitters giving me this dopamine rush and i've deleted my old identity and now i created a new one which is for the to get the message out 
freedom, choice, education, science, liberty, voluntarism. And these are good values to stand by. I feel, I feel proud. Well, why I got you on the air, I do want to say thank you for sending me that box of stickers. I have a, I have a, I'm looking at it over off camera. It is probably this big of a box full of stickers that I'm going to do a giant wall mural. So I'm really excited for that. So thanks for all the stickers, man. That was really cool. I gave you the best ones and, uh, you know, uh, I just want to just mention one extra thought. Uh, there, there are so many ways to support the decentralization, the freedom, the movement, the voluntarism, but there are so many options. And two that came to my mind is Liberland, the small country between Serbia and Croatia. And another one is Beat Nation, that they, they are, they actually got a, a passport. I got the new passport uh if you if you allow me can i actually sh show you this passport it will take Please. me like that is seconds. really cool so um i'll talk while you're gone um awesome. so i actually in portugal at the conference anarcha portugal uh where i met mars robertson um we actually got to hang out and talk to the uh the ceo and co-founders of bit nation and they were actually married on the blockchain and their uh, their marriage is a smart contract DAO that they renew with multi-sig agreements. It's fucking futuristic. Could you imagine, um, you know, uh, agreeing to a divorce and uh, signing on the multi-sig and the smart contract divides the funds accordingly? It's just ingenious. So yeah, I was telling them that we got to meet the BitNation team in Portugal and uh, it was really cool. I'm um, yep. That's a uh, legal passport cover. Uh, well, yeah, it says it says BitNation passports, right? I'm not but, sure about but the quality. That wouldn't be recognized at the pa at the airport, would it? Well, uh, you can try. <laughs> you can try. I'm 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 not sure, but it it looks like a like a passport, and it has some. It has some uh, security features. Uh, I will not. Sh I will not show you my passport photo because the the whole point of protecting my identity is not to release it publicly on the internet. But you well, know, that's it the is... difference between anonymous and synonymous, right? <laughs> um, I actually don't understand. You are using a very sophisticated uh, word. I want to separate my a government identity the way how i interact with this government here and i want to separate the identity of me promoting the freedom and liberty because that is in exact uh, opposition from from one another one government uh, is like play it safe stay under the radar don't do anything controversial just keep a low profile and the second one is shouting from the rooftops, freedom, liberty, decentralization. People have brains. People should have choice. And I think I've actually shouted that from rooftops before. And I and I realized that it is a risky strategy. I have 
people in my life that I would like to protect. I don't need this extra scrutiny. And that's why now I'm, I feel much more confident having the two, uh, two identities. Actually, I may have more identities. You don't know it. Uh, but the, the point is that, hey, it, it's our choice. I'm doing this voluntarily. And I'm encouraging you to support these movements because people who are in this uh, freedom movement, they are amazing. This is the smartest people in the room. I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying these type of gatherings. Yeah, well, speaking of the gatherings, a little bit off the air before we went live, you were talking a little bit about Boomfest and how you got to experience that event with a crypto community um, I'm just curious, like, what was that like going to a, a conference that's, you know, or a conference, an event, right? An experience that has nothing to do with Bitcoin, but going with such a, a strong crypto community. Okay, so I should maybe add some background to the Boom Festival. I mentioned the Portugal uh, changed their drug policy laws, and this is probably one of the biggest psychedelic uh, gatherings on the on the planet where uh, people are in this natural heightened state of awareness and having your group of friends like if you go anywhere to have the, this crew of people you enjoy hanging out with it was a uh, amazing amazing community community there was a dedicated stage with like a day, daily themes like say one theme was about environment, a second day was about uh, say spirituality, and it was the whole day about the blockchain and cryptocurrencies. Oh, so shit. just about we are on a festival, fifty thousand people, Portugal summer lake, and uh, the whole day just talks about crypto, uh, crowdfunding, new economical models. It was oh, should have been there. That's so amazing. That's. See, to me, that has a bigger impact than a conference like Consensus in New York City with all the, the VCs and the suits and the brokers. And I, I feel like being at those events that cross-pollinate synergy is where we really beget the mainstream adoption momentum. Mm, uh, 100% because uh, this is like a hub it's not the echo chamber it is yep, the exactly when different uh, countries uh, religions uh, belief systems are call coinciding colliding and um, it was absolutely incredible experience and one of the one of the lessons that i've got from the boom festival i didn't realize that the humanity is at the risk of extinction due to nuclear weapons I didn't realize that the US and the Soviet Union, Russia, they have like 10,000 nuclear missiles each, and it is sufficient to wipe out the uh, life on this planet. That's why the Elon Musk, uh, SpaceX, making humanity interplanetary species is so important. Like we need to have a backup plan. Yeah, Mars is like the Bitcoin of humanity. <laughs> we need a plan B and it just so happens to be Mars. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's definitely scary, man, to think about all that, you know, the power does that be that have uh, you know, and all the fucking money that has gone into it. Like 
those bombs ain't cheap. You know, we could have done a lot more progressive shit with that money than, you know, build a bomb. But hopefully in a, in a society where we can actually monitor where our taxes go on a public ledger and we can vote where our tax dollars go through a smart contract DAO. And, you know, I think, you know, in that future, people that run for office won't physically run for office. It would be people like yourself. You know, you might want to be the mayor of uh, or, or a prime minister. Or, you, you know, you end up writing a code that becomes a smart contract that runs as a DAO that just does the jobs of the entity of a mayor. And now you're elected via the smart contract that you developed. And maybe there's a developer fee in the smart contract for the services that it renders in, in the community as a DAO. The future of uh, this, you know, is inevitably uh, beautiful. It, it's, again, it, it's just, I don't know. It's like looking at the printing press and knowing that the computer's right around the corner. You know what? I, I've compared Bitcoin to internet, electricity, and phone because I can intuitively visualize it. I haven't been around in 15th century. I don't fully understand what the printing press is, but my understanding is previously it was just the monks writing in latin and the cost of the book cost of the knowledge was huge but because of the printing press the cost of the book the cost of the knowledge and the widespread adoption of knowledge that is not just the cost no see that's not the that's not the bigger impact the printing press decentralized the creation and replication of information so uh before the printing press they had the they the entities that be had a stronghold and censored what information would be replicated and who could create information in the form of books. Now that we had a machine that, you know, anybody could create a book and write things and mass produce and replicate, it decentralized information in a way that changed the way the world communicated. And uh, it was just an amazingly disruptive technology, in my opinion. Um, you know, uh, much more than people give credit to, I think, sometimes. You know, uh, I, I, I need to carry on with my day. I would like to just start uh, wrapping up because I know that we could talk forever. We could talk forever. Every single I miss time. you, bro. Where are you going to be at the next? Like, let people know if you're going to any events or what you got going on and where they can follow you and find you on the Internet and what you got going on with yourself. Let's wrap it up. Uh, yeah, sure, 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 sure. Let, let me just type my name into Google. What happens if you type my name into Google? Yes, there is Mars Robertson, exponential technologist, because it's not only the blockchain, the artificial intelligence, virtual reality, longevity, these are all exponential technologies, and I just don't want to do one thing. It is much, much way bigger picture. So just type my name into Google because I don't want to rely on any single uh, platform. However, Google is here to stay. I'm actually, uh, I have plenty of controversial opinions, but bear with me. I actually believe in Google that they have all the knowledge, all the internet, all the data, all the emails, all the books, all the self-driving cars, all the artificial intelligence, all the laptops, all the phones, all the mobile providers, all the... Uh, fiber optics, they literally own the world. And uh, even in this whole uh, politics, 
the Eric Schmidt, the previous CEOs in this, you know, Rothschild, Bilderberg, Secret Society, Illuminati, Conspiracy Theory. So I believe in Google. So just type my name into Google and you will find me. Like at some, at some level, we need to establish what is the fundamental uh, trust. Uh, yeah, Google, Google has won. And of course, I'm supporting privacy-oriented uh, browsers. I'm using uh, Tor, I'm using DuckDuckGo, I'm using various services. But on a daily basis, I just realize, okay, to fight against Google, no chance. I just, okay, I live with it and I uh, bow my supremacy to god of the planet google you can find me on google not shilling any social media platforms uh, i mentioned one ico project that i am actively involved i'm actually spent previous couple of weeks where can uh, people find more information on the project you know i think that i will send you the links in the description links in the description because we were chatting at this high velocity. We were chatting about so many things, so many projects, so many concepts, books, events, proposals. I think that it deserves a proper show notes and I will do some housekeeping. I will send you all the notes, all the information. You know, sometimes on the Twitter, there's this description. My, the tweets are not of my employer. And I can tell you honestly that what I've said is not necessarily what I really think or really believe. Sometimes I weave in something controversial. Sometimes I drop some truth bombs. Sometimes I just want to, you know, kick the hornet's nest, put the stick into this ants and just make some, you know, disruption. So as if you were had like another five hours, we could, we, could go, we could go deep, but you know, I need to carry on with my day. It was a high energy hour and something minutes. And if you like it, we should have another one in a month or two, you know, depending on your schedule and availability. Absolutely, man. I love that. And hey, if you're watching, guys, don't forget to go on Twitter and follow Mars X Robertson and go to MarsRobertson.com to get more info. Thanks again, bro, bro. I really appreciate your time. You go enjoy your bright, sunny day in London while you still got it. All right, bro, bro. <laughs> And um, don't you dare put a freaking shirt on, okay? Don't you dare put a shirt on. Look at those guns. And guys, thank you for watching the live stream. Don't forget to share this on social media. Share this out there. Pound that thumbs up button. It really helps uh, other people see the video on social media. And don't forget, most importantly, have a day. Magic. Much love. See you later.